Apostle Paul writes, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. This is God's word. Amen. Amen. Now, for the last couple of months, those of you who've been here know that we have been talking a lot about the kingdom of God and specifically how important it is for us to build community rather than attending church services, we want in this church to build a community, a support system, because that is the biblical model. When the apostles first set out and they preached the gospel, they weren't necessarily building churches as far as church buildings, because that was not available to them at the time, but they were building communities. And from the verse that we mistakenly put up, Acts chapter 2.42, it says that the disciples were persevering in the apostles' teaching and doctrine and prayers and breaking bread together. They had established a community. Now you remember, those of you who were here, that all of this began with us speaking about the doctrine of the Incarnation. That God became flesh. That Jesus Christ, who was God from all eternity, became a man. That is a unique doctrine of the Christian faith. And it is the most attacked doctrine of the Christian faith. Even when Jesus was here, his identity was questioned. The Jews questioned that he was the Messiah. Later on, other false teachers questioned his claims to be God. And so throughout history, the church had to defend the person of Jesus, who he is, and what does he represents for us as believers. Very quickly, in the Christian faith, Jesus being a God was denied. Him being God was denied. But then, a little bit after that, him being a God was something that was affirmed by some people. Meaning, sure, he's a God. He is a God, like many other gods that are around. The Bible claim is not that he's a God. The Bible claim is that he is God. The only true God. And that there's no other God beside him. 
And these attacks became very, very specific and very, very detailed and less and less obvious. The devil is in the details. You ever heard of that? That's true. One of these heresies came from a man named Nestorius. Nestorius taught that because Mary was a human, she could only give birth to a human person. So therefore, Christ was two persons, a human person and a divine person. And who was in her womb was a human person called Jesus. All of this centered around one word in the Greek, Theotokos, which we translate from the Latin as Mother of God. Who was Mary became the question. Was she the mother of Jesus or was she the mother of God? Then became, who is Jesus? The answer that came from the church fathers was without a doubt, Mary, if the claims of Christ that the Bible makes are true, must have been the mother of God. Because who was in her womb was not just a man named Jesus, but it was the eternal divine Logos, who was with the Father from all eternity, came down into Mary's womb, and she bore him. She veiled him in human flesh. The incarnation says that God assumed a human nature. That human nature came from Mary. It was her blood that nurtured oxygen and nutrients to that holy, perfect fetus in her womb. It was her human DNA. Maybe her nose. Maybe Jesus has Mary's nose. I don't know. Maybe he has her eyes. Maybe her hair, her skin color. If he is like us in every way, yet without sin, then he received from Mary everything that we receive from our mothers. She was the instrument that God used to veil himself in human flesh. That means the motherhood was the first step of redemption. When God, any human religion that would have written about God conquering his enemies, 
dice que Dios conquistó would have written about God showing up with an army que dicen que Dios se viene, viene and swords and killing everybody. When God writes his story of conquering his enemy and conquering the devil, he picks a young woman. He picks motherhood. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Motherhood was the first step towards creation. Like Pastor Bolden said, motherhood is a reflection of the character of God. God created it. God designed it. Christ blessed it and displays it before the whole world to show his glory and his honor. When Mary when the angel comes to Mary and tells her, you know, she's, I love the scriptures. Whenever you get angels in scripture, people get very scared and very afraid. And he tells her, don't worry. Don't worry. Because you have been chosen. And then he tells her the Holy Spirit will overpower you. And you will give birth to the Son of God. He shall be called the Son of God. Why? Because that's what he already was. You remember the doctrine of the eternal generation of God, of the Son? He did not become the Son of God when he was born out of Mary. He was the Son of God from all eternity. The Father God the Father shares his eternal nature constantly with the Son. That's why he's the Father. That's why he's the Son. These are not just titles. He's the Father because he just acts this way. No, he's the Father because he generates the Son from all eternity. There's no beginning. It's always been that way. Christ was the Son. In his divine, his divine nature, he has a father. In his human nature, he had a mother, Mary. In Jewish culture, the woman carried the stigma of being the first step towards our fallenness and damnation because Eve was tempted first. In the New Testament, the woman becomes the first step towards our redemption because it was Mary who submitted to God and gave birth to our Redeemer. God was not going to let motherhood fall into disgrace. He was going to redeem that. And he was going to salvage that. And he was going to display it for glory. In Jesus Christ. Motherhood is God's glory. It displays his unconditional love and nurture and care 
in ways that nothing else can. That's why God redeemed it in Christ. That's why the church was not going to let any man take that away from the scriptures. Who is Mary? She was the mother of God. She gave him his humanity. Which in that humanity, we're all redeemed. Because if he's not fully God, if he's not fully man, we will die in our sins. If he's just a separate man from a separate divinity, we will die in our sins. It was God, the Son, who walked on water. It was God, the Son, who healed the sick. It was not some guy. It was God himself who died on the cross and suffered and felt human pain. It was God from all eternity in human nature given to him by Mary. Christian motherhood. As Paul writes to Timothy, is where we first see God. The Bible says that we love Him because He first loved us. How did He love you first? In the woman, your mother. Your mother loved you before she saw your face. Remember the doctrine of vocation? I'm just bringing all this stuff up. Just, I know you guys listen to me. You remember all of my sermons. <laughs> no, y'all do. The doctrine of vocation is this idea that every vocation, work, job, profession that is good and legal is a mask of God. The Bible says that God feeds people, right? God shelters you. How does he do that? Through the hands of the farmer, through the builders. God doesn't download food into your mouth from heaven. I don't know, maybe y'all got that going. I don't have that going. Right? How did God love you first? Through the vocation of motherhood. How did God nurture you as a child? Through the nurturing of your mother. Paul writes to Timothy, from a child you have known the scripture. How can he know the scriptures from him? He, he, he was a child. He says it right here. Your grandmother, Louis, and your mama, Eunice. Louis is the hero here. I don't know about y'all, but she's the hero here. She gave us three generations of Christians. If you track the timing, some scholars have tried to track the timing. She likely, we're not sure, but she likely, Grandma Louis, was in the upper room. Or was one of the people that Peter preached to. 
If you look at the, the timing, she's grandmother, etc. And we know in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul, when he first met, met Timothy, he says that Timothy was the son of a Jewish woman and a Greek man, an unbeliever, likely. And yet, Grandma Lewis and Mama Eunice gave the world one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, who became a companion of the Apostle Paul. Paul picked the man. The Apostle Paul saw Timothy and was like, I like you. You should be my companion in preaching the gospel. And to whom does he give credit for that? Grandma Lewis, Mama Eunice. Motherhood is the greatest ministry there is. You say, I wish God would give me a ministry. Are you a mother? Yes. Check. Got a ministry. I would love to reach people with the gospel. Are you a mother? Check. I'd like to build a civilization. Are you a mother? Yes. Got it. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, had a mother. That is almost the most incredible thing in the Bible. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Redeemer, in human flesh, had a mother. Now Mary did not give birth to God from all eternity. We know that. Nobody actually believes that. But in human flesh, she was the mother of our Lord. You mothers and motherhood is a reflection of God's character. Don't let society makes you think that there's something greater for you or that because you are a mother and not a, I don't know, career woman or something like that, that you are somehow lesser. That's the devil talking. Because the devil knows who crushed his head, which was the seed of the woman. So he's always going to belittle that calling. As long as he's around, he's going to belittle motherhood. But there's nothing greater. Motherhood is hard because it's God's means of sanctification for you also. God sanctifies us in ways that we don't like. Some of us have had greater disciplines from God than others. But motherhood is your primary means. If you're a mother, this is how God sanctifies you. This is how God gives you patience. This is how he's molding you and shaping you into the image of Christ. Motherhood. Beyond that, motherhood is also woven into the very nature of a woman, femininity itself. Meaning that you don't have to actually have physical children to have motherly instincts. 
because they're natural. Because it's the image of God in you. Because God, re we reflect the image of God, men and women, in different ways. Which together, you get the whole picture. But nurturing, loving, kindness, it's all part of the image of God that is woven into the nature of who you are as a woman whether you ever have children or not. Taking care. You know, you... Anyways. <laughs> I was going to say something about, about men, but... It's a women's... It's a Mother's Day sermon. I'll save it for Father's Day. Can't have a clean, nice house without a woman in it. That's what I was no, more no, or less going to I've been uh, to a lot of college campuses in my life. And I've serviced uh, sororities and fraternities. Guess which one I don't want to go into. <laughs> Amen. It's God's image in you. God's image in you. A couple of weeks ago, we had a situation in our church. We had to call an ambulance and the emergency services and all that. Some of you were here, some of you were not. When that happened, afterwards, you know, we had the emergency services, I was looking around and all of that. And I saw um, our sister Janaya holding baby Zoe and kind of playing with her. The reason, obviously, she might not have thought about it, was because the baby, seeing what happened, was probably a little bit rattled. So the so, reaction was immediately drop the baby. That's instinct. That's motherly instinct. Woven. The same way when something bad happens and there's danger, you always see several men rushing. If somebody's dying, we're going to die first. Right? If the boat is sinking, we're going to try to sink with the boat. That's instinct. You don't think about that. I don't think. I, listen, if I got to save myself, if I'm thinking about it, I'm saving myself. But instinctively, that's God's image woven into you. Marred by sin. Corrupted by sin. But still there. If you dig in deep, motherhood is woven into the nature and fabric of femininity. Who you are, whether you have children or not. You don't have to have children to put those in instincts and reflect that to the world. Many women reflect the image of God and they're not even mothers. Many women have children they're not mothers. 
because they don't reflect that. And so God redeemed motherhood in Jesus Christ. And you mothers, that is your calling for life. That is your ministry. That is, when, that is what is going to build you mansions in heaven. That is what's going to give us Christian, godly men and women, generation after generation. Grandma Lewis had a godly grandson. Generation, and that grandson probably definitely had godly children. You have been given the power of generation by God to bring immortal souls into existence and shape them to the image of Christ. Unique to you. Yes, women are the birthing peoples, okay? I know this is controversial to say. Okay, controversy in power. I believe it. Because it's the truth. Porque es la verdad. Motherhood is going to be attacked. La mujer es la Always. Madre va a ser siempre. It's going to be belittled. Va a ser it's going to be ridiculed. It's going to be despised. Va a ser it's going to be held to a lower va a ser standard. Because the devil hates it. Because it's what gave him his defeat. That's why he hates it. And the Christian church is to exalt it and push it as high as we possibly can and to support it because we all came from a mother. Imperfect as our mothers are, find that hard to believe a lot of times. They were God's hand upon our lives. We first learned the Bible. We grew up, if you grew up in a Christian home, you first learned anything about God from your mom. She sang to you. Little hymns or coritos, if you were, you were Puerto Rican. She brought you to church when you were little. She slapped my mom over there looking at me. She slapped you around when you misbehaved in church. She prayed for you through your teenage years. She prayed for you when you were in the world because you were stupid and they were doing all sorts of stupid things that you shouldn't have, that she told you not to do, but you did them anyway. She prayed for you, stayed up all night. She prayed for you when you got married. After you dated all the women, she told you not to date because they were no good. And she's still praying for you, even though you're married and have children. Why? Because Jesus said, I will never leave you and forsake you. And one of the ways that he doesn't do that 
with your godly Christian mom. So motherhood is to be exalted always in the Christian church and always has been. Supported. This always has been. And never let anyone, mothers, belittle you for being a mother for raising children. Because bringing immortal souls into existence is far greater than filing insurance claims or whatever else people do at jobs nowadays. Careers. We're listening to a guy say, I'm just focusing on my career. You have a job. You don't have a career. This is 2023 America. We don't got careers. You'll get laid off as soon as the board runs out of money. It'll lay you off. You got no career. But we'll finish with this. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. We read that already. But as for you, continue where you have learned. Who he learned it from. And have firmly believed from whom. Knowing whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Who acquainted him with the sacred writings? Who taught him what to firmly believe? Knowing from whom you have learned it, that was Mama Eunice and Grandma Lewis. Grandma Lewis gave us three generations of Christians and possibly one of the greatest Christians ever. An important detail of Timothy is that his father was not a believer. And yet his mother alone gave him the faith that dwelt in her. Paul says the faith that dwelt in your mother. I see in you. She gave him by herself the faith that made him the man of God that Paul addresses in a letter specifically to him. This is a personal letter here. Two letters. That's how much you can do. Mothers. That's your ministry. It is through faithful Christian mothers that we first receive the love and grace of God and who give us and shape our faith. Period. You say, I'm, I'm a mom and maybe I haven't done it right. That's fine. Get at it. Get at it. It's your ministry. What you're called to do, you're a mother. That's your calling. And more importantly, the results are eternal. God doesn't forget. Every prayer that you prayed for your children are written in heaven. God doesn't forget. Every prayer 
every night awaking without sleep. It's all written in heaven. It's all recorded. It's all used by God to shape every single human being. So praise to the mothers. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for all the godly mothers who throughout history persevere in the faith, trials, tribulations, and all the sufferings that motherhood may bring to give us godly children, Lord, to shape us, to give us faith, to cover us in protection through their prayers and all the things that they did, Lord, all the sacrifices that they made for our sake, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you show us your love through our mothers, that you show us your grace, your nurturing, your loving kindness through our mothers, Lord, even from the womb. We thank you, Lord, and we pray that we always as a church may uphold that calling of motherhood, Lord, always, always high as you did in high esteem. We thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation and our redemption, and that you did it through the womb of a humble young woman. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.